you going to get out of these podcasts? Is this one going to be worth your time to listen to? Oh my gosh, you don't want to waste another 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 20 minutes, even 1 minute listening to a crappy podcast, do you? Yeah, there's a lot of crappy podcasts out there. You don't even know it till you get into them. Then you're like, oh, I wasted my time. Where's a good one? And then you go try to find another one, <laughs> right? Well, I think this is going to be a good one. So stay here with me. Hi, I'm Celeste Hackett. Now, this is only going to be good if you're interested in, in feeling better. If you already feel fantastic, you might want to listen to these podcasts because you probably feel fantastic because you work at it. So, um, you know, you want to stay on the cutting edge of what to do to feel optimistic and fulfilled in your life. And so I have some tips for you, too. But um, this is also for the person that feels absolutely miserable in life. And there are a lot of people like that. People who feel scared, people who have low self-esteem, people who feel deeply lonely inside, people who are um, just... Uh, just seem to need the approval of other people a lot, people pleasers. Um, if you're basically unhappy, so long as you're not super duper mentally ill, and by that I mean uh, you, it's organic in your brain, uh, I think you're going to enjoy these podcasts and they're going to be worth your time. I want to get that out of the way right now. Will this podcast be worth your time? Yes, stay here. It will be worth it. And this is the very first one. Um, Actually, that's not true. This is the very second one in the series called Through the Eyes of a Hypnotist. Uh, the first one I was just kind of playing around with. The audio is absolutely crappy. Um, the actual content is kind of interesting, I think, for people who do a, a type of uh, hypnosis called Five Path. It was originally created, that episode, for Five Pathers. Uh, I'm one of those five pathers, and I, I used to be a teacher of this method of hypnotism. So uh, if you like to learn about different kinds of things, you might like listening to it. If you're a five pather, you might like listening to it for the content only. But it might be a little irritating to listen to because the audio is so bad. Okay, that's out of the way. So um, this podcast is basically, you know, why do you want to listen to it? Uh, so that you'll know it's worth your time or not. I'm telling you right in up front, this is about making your life better. And um, through my eyes as a hypnotist, after thousands of hours of doing hypnosis with people. Uh, and also this is going to be a, an introduction. Um, I'm going to introduce myself, tell you a little bit about my background, because I think when you listen to somebody, you want to know a little bit about them before you begin, you know, really listening to their podcast. So, uh, hi, I'm Celeste Hackett. I'm a board certified hypnotist. <music> Yeah, so from the standpoint of a hypnotist, before you really listen to a podcast by someone, you want to know a little bit about them because as you listen to them, not only are you listening consciously, but you're listening, well, your subconscious is listening and taking in all the information. And did you know that if you agree or you accept the information, it can go subconscious and have an effect on you. That's why you really want to be careful to who you listen to and what you listen to and why you really need to learn a little bit about the person before you start listening to them. <laughs> it's kind of like your parents told you when you were growing up, don't hang out with those kids because you'll become just like them. You know, And then you heard things like, if they jump in the lake, are you going to jump in the lake too? And of course you probably would because you were hanging out with them, right? <laughs> So uh, that's why I want to introduce myself. But before I introduce myself, 
a bit more. I want to go back. I want to go back to some other reasons why you might want to listen to this podcast. Because I mentioned a few things, but I also want to mention a few more. One would be emotions. I hope that as you listen to these podcasts uh, and you take on what I'm saying, that you will become more emotionally intelligent. Particularly, I hope that people will get, like I said, uh, maybe some more self-esteem or self-confidence out of this. That means less fearful. And there are a lot of people with a lot of different kinds of fears. If you were to go to the mall and look at people or to the airport and sit there and people watch, virtually almost everyone you see walking around is afraid at some level. So we're going to work on fears. We're also going to be working on uh, an emotion with so much power, uh, anger. I'm going to be teaching you about how to resolve that and, you know, that sort of thing. And then, of course, hypnotists always work on or help people to understand and maybe better themselves uh, with knowledge of, of how to uh, how to overcome habits or create new habits that are good for them. So these are the kinds of things that we're going to be doing in these podcasts. And then sometimes I might not do any of that kind of stuff. I might just feel like talking about my garden. I have an organic garden or my life. Or I might tell a story because many times the stories that I'll be telling are metaphors that might make your life better. I think it'll be interesting and an interesting journey for me. And when I'm done, I'm just going to be done. I don't expect these podcasts will go on forever. Well, what does? Now, I, I do want to make the point that not all of the things that I mentioned are going to be in this particular podcast. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Another thing your mother may have told you, or father, or teacher. Um, so you might want to look at the different uh, topics or titles. I guess that's stupid even to say, because of course you're going to look at the topics and titles, aren't you? Uh, to see if it will benefit you or be something that you're interested in. I just can't do it all in one podcast. This podcast is going to be about uh, the kinds of things you can look forward to uh, with these podcasts and a little bit about my background. Have you ever had to talk about your life? Has someone ever said, stand up, tell a little bit about yourself? Well, most of us, you know, once you hit a certain age, it's kind of hard to narrow it all down to what you think people might want to know. I'm 56 years old now. I feel like I've lived multiple lives in this one life and in the, you know within these years. But I'm going to do a real quick overview of my life, okay? Just so you know a little bit about me. So I was uh, born into a large family, a Catholic family, six kids. I was number four. And um, we were Cajun from Louisiana, so there's always really good food. My dad was always had a garden, so I learned how to love gardening. and was pretty idyllic overall childhood. But uh, don't get me wrong, every childhood has its pain, and I had mine. Um, it's, it was good and bad, as is life, right? Um, particularly uh, one incident I think really shaped my life, and this was uh, when I was uh, in first grade. I was caught, actually, I was caught cheating on a test in first grade by Mrs. Nugent, who was a wonderful teacher, which made it all the worse, because I absolutely loved her, and I wanted her to like me. And um, she was a new teacher, and it wouldn't have taken much anyway on her part. And I feel sorry for teachers and mothers because it's hard to be perfect. But she did shame me in front of that class, and it devastated me. I went home, told my, my mother about it, and then the test that I had cheated on was a math test. And my mother said, oh, because she saw my pain, and she didn't want me to feel 
too bad about myself. So she said, oh, don't worry about it. Girls in our family are not good at math. So that was the first time I heard that I wasn't good at something uh, academic. I, I had always been told I was smart up to that moment, like we tell our kids or we talk about them and they listen when you say, oh, he's so smart. Oh, she's so smart. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You did this or that. Look what you can do. You know, that's what I got too. And then, uh, and then this was the first moment where I, I learned that I had my intelligence had limitations on it or something. And so it, it really bothered me because I didn't want that. I wanted to be excellent. I wanted to be the best. And um, so somehow, I guess, my mind took that to shut down to math. And as I grew older, I was not very good at homework time. I'd, ha I'd have meltdowns. Do you have kids in your family having meltdowns at homework time? I felt stupid, and I'd cry, and I'd scream, and I just uh, I couldn't get the math. And so my, my parents, particularly my mother, just struggled with me. And it got to the point when I guess I must have been around nine years old. When you, it, it, In fourth grade, you're nine years old, and that's when you start learning multiplication and division and stuff like that. And the math gets a little more tricky, at least it was that way when I was growing up. And so I was really struggling. And as a result, I was really throwing temper tantrums and crying a lot about not being smart. And my mother, I saw her trade a look with my father one evening at homework time. And then she sighed. And then she looked at me and she said, listen to me. There's nothing wrong with being average. There's nothing wrong with getting C's. Just get C's and don't fail. D's and F's are bad. Just get C's. Well, she was trying to take pressure off of me. But I took that to mean I'm average. Also because, well, I think it was because, you know, she just didn't want to put pressure on me or any of us. She didn't really hold expectations of college for me. Not really for any of us. It might have been because of what happened with my meltdowns. Um, and maybe she just didn't want to put pressure on us. It might have been because they really didn't have a lot of money. My dad was a postman. Uh, most most of the years of our life, he was the one that, you know, was the breadwinner, and she stayed at home. Later, she became a nurse, but by that time, he had a heart attack. So there was money was always an issue. It wasn't terrible, and they tried not to bother us with it. But there wasn't tons and tons of money. We were middle class at the at best. We had a great life otherwise, but you know. There were, there were times when there were things that we wanted that we just simply couldn't get. And uh, so I, I think it was a combination of the money and a combination of just not wanting to go through that again that they went through when I was nine years old. But as a result, um, as a result I really didn't do well in school. I was a, an average student at best. And I never really dreamed of going to college, and I didn't go to college. In high school, I began to really worry because I knew I wasn't going to college. I did look at college. There wasn't anything I really wanted to do. I mean, I was rather immature at the time, and rock star or being a supermodel or an actress was not on the list of 
you know, things you could go to college for. <laughs> so um, I, I started really wondering what I was going to do with my life, and that's something else you need to know. When kids are in high school and kids are in college, there's a lot of worry. Do you remember that worry? There's a lot of worry about how you're going to take care of yourself, how you're going to grow up, what you're going to do to make money like your parents make, how you're going to pay the rent, how you're going to go off and be on your own. Because by now, parents are usually, have been usually telling children, you have to make great grades so you can get into college, so you won't be penniless on the street. And kids take that to think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm 17, they feel themselves growing up or 16 or 15, they feel the pressure of being grown. And now somehow I'm going to have to figure out how to go from being a kid to being an adult. And since I knew that I was not going to college or I didn't know how I was going to do it, I was really feeling a lot of pressure. And I started really hoping and praying, I did quite a bit of that, that I would find something that I could make a living at that would take me into a decent lifestyle as I got older without going to college. I kept looking at college. Nothing appealed to me. So I ended up working at uh, an ice cream parlor. <laughs> First I did babysitting. That didn't pay much. And then I went to working at scooping ice cream. And then one day I heard that a local radio station was looking for a female voice. Now, this was 19, I guess, 1979, um, and I had turned, I was 17 years old. It was in the fall of 1979, and so I went to this radio station, and I, I walked in, and I said, I understand that you're looking for a female. I've heard this. Is there any way I can try out or put in an application? And so they, they let me actually record my voice and the program director listened to my voice. And he said something that I'll never forget that stuck with me for a long time because I've been, I had been hurting about my abilities to be smart and that kind of thing. He said this to me, you've got potential. So the program director's name was Rick Stevens. And the radio station was KDBSAM. And he says to me, you know what? You got potential. I was dying to hear that I was smart, that I was capable, that I was anything. And so I just absorbed that to my core and was incredibly grateful and excited and scared. But anyway, they trained me and that led to a 24-year career in radio broadcasting. Some of the radio stations I worked for was KDBS AM, KQID FM. Those are both in Alexandria, Louisiana. From there, I went to New Orleans and worked very briefly at B97. And then from there, went to Port Sulphur, Louisiana, KAGY. Back to New Orleans for WSHO, WTIX. was a, a WLTS for a long time. And WCKW, which is a radio station between Baton Rouge and New Orleans for a while. Then I moved to Dallas, and I got on at ABC Radio Networks nationwide via satellite for a while. Worked part-time at uh, KYNG in Dallas, and then eventually went to Houston to do my, my final full-time work as a radio announcer at Kick FM, which is one of my favorite my favorite times in radio. After that, I, I did actually work a little bit at the oldie station in Houston, but uh, I actually got fired at Kick FM. 
I got fired um, for uh, the program director told me it was because I was making too much money. I don't know if that's really true. In radio broadcasting, people are simply fired a lot. Um, this is the first time I had ever been fired, and it was devastating to me, kind of. Uh, actually, was it really devastating to me? I don't think that I was really devastated, come to think of it, because I had been working on myself for this moment for a long time. I would say I was bothered by it, not devastated, because I, you know, I was burned out by this point. I didn't want to do radio broadcasting anymore, and nobody likes to be fired. So I had to start looking around and either go back into radio somewhere or find a, a new way to make a living. Turns out, Radio was over for me. I took some time off to kind of find myself. I had saved up some money, so I was able to do that. And I ended up realizing that I wanted to do something to help people. Because in the back of my mind for my whole life, I always wanted to do something to help people. Underneath the desire to be a superstar was this other desire that was running and not fulfilled. And it was time for me to start figuring out, start figuring out how to do that. So upon uh, spending some time researching, at this point I did find something that intrigued me, and it was hypnosis. I went to a hypnosis school in Houston. The first training I got wasn't, uh, wasn't the perfect fit for me. I learned a lot, but I wasn't able to make a business out of it. I kind of dabbled in it for a couple of years. And then I, I met my soulmate, who I had known before, and uh, we had gone our separate ways. We came back together. His name is Christopher. We got married. I moved back to Dallas, where he lived. Uh, we're still married today. And uh, while, while I was in my first year of marriage to him, we were living in an apartment. And I, had to, I wasn't really doing anything full-time, and the hypnosis hadn't panned out to anything full-time. So I started really looking... Uh, around for something to do that would make some money. Now that, that I was married, I, I wanted to bring some money into the into uh, you know our lives as well. My husband was the only one working, and uh, so I couldn't find anything again what I that I wanted to do. I thought about being a dental hygienist or something like that. I knew I wanted to help people, but nothing really fit. And uh, and so I looked back at the hypnosis again. The method I was using wasn't a fit for me, but I learned that there was another method. And oh my gosh, when I really dived into that, I knew it was the thing I was meant to do. It came over me like a big charge. I mean, I knew I had to do it. The method is called Five Path. It stands for Five Phase Advanced Transformational Hypnosis. I became an instructor of that. I started my business family first hypnosis, and I started seeing clients first in that apartment, and now I, I see clients out of my home. I'm a full-time hypnotist with a full-time practice, and I've been doing this since 2006. So yeah, 2006, January 1st, I opened my apartment door for business, and people from all walks of life walked up three flights of stairs my apartment was next to a stinky dumpster and people still came and it was extremely gratifying to learn how to do five path correctly, help people change and grow. My clients taught me so much and I started getting really excellent results. Uh, I got a, 
awards with the Five Path Association with the National Guild of Hypnotists. I have a state licensed school. Actually, uh, we just we just closed that. I'll be teaching only at a national level and on these podcasts, I guess, and who knows from, I'll always be a teacher, so I don't know where I'll be teaching from here, but I won't be teaching in my state licensed school anymore. Because the founders of Five Path, uh, they're here in Texas now. So it's so cool to have them here. Uh, Cal and Maureen Banyan. But also since then, uh, I, I've been writing for the National Guild of Hypnotists, Journal of Hypnotism. I've written for Cal and Maureen Banyan's uh, Five Path newsletter. I'm on the Board of Advisors for the National Guild of Hypnotists. I've been inducted into the Order of Braid. And Cal and I have done many, many podcasts on a podcast, uh, his podcast called Hypnosis, Etc. But over the years, I've learned so much. Before I became a hypnotist, I had all these life experiences in radio broadcasting that kind of shaped me to, to love people and understand people and have experiences that I could draw on to help my clients. And then my childhood was very, very rich in Louisiana, where I grew up in a big family. So all of this works together to help me with clients. And then my clients themselves teach me so much. So um, that brings me to, to now. Here I am, the end of the podcast. Now you know a little bit about me. And uh, I think I'm going to be able to use all of this, all my knowledge, all of my experiences, to do some pretty interesting podcasts for you. Some things that I think will be helpful for humanity. Some things that you can't find on the internet or in books. And uh, also some things that you can if you look hard enough. (laughs) But uh, I just can't wait to share some things with you over the next few podcasts. I don't know how long this will go on, but I'm very excited And I look forward to speaking with you some more. If you ever want to reach me, um, you can go to familyfirsthypnosis.com. And you can even set up a, a consultation with me that way. All right. That's it for now. It's wonderful talking to you. And I'll be talking to you again very soon. At least I hope so. Let's see what happens. Cross your fingers. I'm going to cross mine. Bye for now.